Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Indeed, a happy Memorial Day to everyone. We want to say a special thanks to all of you in the congregation who've served our country in the armed forces. Uh, However, today we also remember the Ascension, and that was last Thursday. And uh, next year, I promise you, we will have an Ascension Day service on Thursday. But Ascension Day is significant. It's a significant day in the life of the church because it's 40 days after Easter, 40 days after the resurrection, when the church celebrates and remembers Jesus' ascension into heaven. Now, as I said, we didn't celebrate it this year. Maybe you didn't even know it was Ascension Day. Ascension Day is one of those days that kind of, it's an important Christian celebration, which is not on our radar anymore, you know? There's no Ascension Day parades. There's no, like, uh, Ascension Day sale at Best Buy. Nobody's ever like, dude, Reverend, I can't make it to Ascension because it's our turn to host Ascension Day dinner. You know, uh, it's just one of those things that it's fallen off our radar. But it's an important day because it's a day where we celebrate the fact that Jesus in flesh, human flesh ascends into heaven, clearly into another dimension, to the right hand of the Father, where he's seated in glory. This is kind of, this is not only a profound doctrine, but it's a little weird. You know, the idea that there's a physical man seated at the right hand of God the Father, reigning in heaven. However, I think as a church, if we're going to have actually anything to say to the culture around us, we need to get deeply back in touch with our weirdness and these weird doctrines because they have something to say to a world that's actually perishing. And we're watching it perish before our very eyes. In the early church, there were five feast days that were universally celebrated. It was Christmas. Then you had the Annunciation, which is like March 25th. This is where the angel Gabriel visited Mary, you know, nine days, before, nine months before Christmas. So the Annunciation, that's actually when Christians celebrated New Year. January is a pagan baptism, Janus, looking back and forward. But it was originally the Annunciation. And then you had Easter, and then you had the Ascension, and then you had Pentecost. And then later it was hotly debated whether we should celebrate the 4th of July. No, just kidding, that's supposed to be hilarious. But you know, if 4th of July is bigger in the church than Ascension Day, we have to question our Christianity. Seriously, I mean, it, this was the thing. These were the days that were celebrated. St. Augustine speaks about the Ascension Day. And he speaks about how it was written about by the, uh, by the, uh, uh, the, the Greek fathers, like St. Gregory of Nyssa and St. John of Christosom, both all the way back to the 3rd century. This was a big day. And the reason why it was a big day and an important teaching day is because the ascension is deeply rooted in the fulfillment of Old Testament promises and prophecy. It links Christianity to its Jewish roots. And there are a number of ways it does that, but for the sake of this sermon, I'm going to give you one major one. In chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy, If you remember, God promises the people of Israel that he will raise up a prophet greater than Moses that they must listen to. And this was necessary because if you recall, Moses never made it into the promised land. 
So if you follow like the order of the Pentateuch, you know, you have Exodus and Deuteronomy, uh, which uh, tell very similar stories. And then the next book chronologically in the Old Testament outside of the Pentateuch is Joshua. It was Joshua who was able to lead the people of Israel into the promised land of Cana. Now, if you go by his Jewish name, it's Yeshua. It takes Jesus to lead them. Joshua becomes a type and a shadow of Jesus who leads the people of Israel into the promised land. Because if you recall, Moses never made it there. He dies, and no one knows where he actually died, in the hills outside of in Moab, which would be today Jordan. In the Old Testament, he doesn't make it. And as a matter of fact, after 40 years, there he dies in Moab, and he is never really mentioned again in the Old Testament. Maybe once or twice in the Psalms, but he's never mentioned again in the Old Testament. He's not mentioned again until a thousand years later on the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament. Whereas the embodiment of all of the law, Moses, along with Elijah, you remember the story, who embodies all of the prophets, are speaking to the transfigured Jesus. Peter, James, and John are there on the mount with him. And, uh, and they're speaking, and they're not talking about what they're going to have for lunch. They are speaking to Jesus about his departure. Or in the Greek, Jesus' exodus. And then this cloud of glory descends upon them, and Jesus is left alone. The ascension, though, is extremely important because this day teaches us that all of the law and all of the prophets and all of the Psalms are about Jesus and fulfilled in Jesus. It's not about Jesus like taking the place of the Old Testament. It's about Jesus fulfilling that the Old Testament. Because with his triumphal exodus on the cross, Jesus has parted the Red Sea of death and opened the way to eternal life for all of us. And 40 days after his resurrection, we now remember and we celebrate that he enters into that promised land, that heavenly Cana, in the same cloud that led the nation of Israel through the wilderness, in that same cloud that descended upon the Mount of Transfiguration, now carries Jesus up victoriously to the right hand of the Father, where all the company of heaven, which will include you and I, will herald worthy as the Lamb who was slain. This is my first point. The Ascension is an important Christian day which connects Jesus to the Old Testament and reminds us that his death and resurrection and Ascension, which confirms his coming again, is the fulfillment of all of Scripture and reminds us that God's work for your salvation is done. And so now that work is received by grace through faith. And the ascension reminds us that we have been reconciled to the Father. And we have an advocate before him, Jesus Christ the righteous. Next, the ascension has something very important to say to us about life after death. You know, that's the question everybody wants to know. What happens to me when I die? Unfortunately, 
much of our thinking about life after death in our culture, uh, even amongst well-meaning Christians, has become dominated uh, by um, that great movie from the late 80s, Ghost. You remember? Or, you know, or what I call, that was supposed to be really funny. But, uh, but, uh, um, or what I call Gnosticism. That's what most people think. When they think about life after death, they're thinking in, in terms of Gnosticism. That when we die, our spirits, this is very platonic too, but when we die, our spirits will be finally set free from these corruptible bodies, and finally free, we'll be able to escape to some sort of vague, better place, and longingly kind of look down on all our loved ones still here toiling. I heard a lot of that this week. It's not Christian, it's platonic. However, the Bible teaches that we're not spirits trapped in flesh in need of escape. No, rather we are flesh, we're bodies. And that's why Jesus took on flesh. Because God is redeeming our bodies and all of creation with it. The ascension of Jesus into heaven reminds us that Jesus did not somehow shed his humanity and the confines of his body to escape creation. Rather, instead, what happened was is that Jesus right now is a man like us in every way, yet without sin, reigning. Ascension reminds us that the story of Jesus is not a human, is not a human being becoming God, but God becoming human to make us and his creation not better, but brand spanking new. This is the hope and the promise of the gospel. Not that you'll be better, or that you'll be some sort of disembodied orb or phantom, kind of roaming around making pottery. You know what I mean? That's, that's not it. But that you and your whole body will be resurrected from the dead and made new. This is my second point. As Christians, we don't believe in escapism. Rather, we believe in redemption. The redemption of humanity. And ultimately, because of the ascension, the eventual glorification of our humanity as well. Remember what C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, The Weight of Glory, when speaking about the redemption of our bodies? He wrote, remember the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw him now, you would be strangely tempted to worship. The resurrection, we, we have no idea, but it is going to be not better, but gloriously new. I mean, Paul talks about this in Corinthians. You know, it's simply, we just understand it as a seed. We don't understand the big, great, mighty oak tree that's coming forth from that seed. Now, this is all great, but where does it meet your life? Where does it speak to you in the here and the now? Well, there are two specific, there's a lot of places, but you know, we've got a limited amount of time. So I want to tell you two specific areas where the ascension speaks to your life in light of everything going on right now. First, in the area of prayer. Now, we, you know, I don't need to recount to you the details of Tuesday. And this last week, we all know that it was an extremely dark day in this country. Already, the rhetoric on both sides of the political aisles are heating up. And you know, one cannot help but wonder if we will ever be delivered in this age from this kind of madness in our country. 
because tragically we're being inoculated to it. You know, when, when the news of kids being murdered in Texas or innocent shoppers being murdered in Buffalo just becomes like another YouTube screen that I can scroll through, I mean, that's heavy and that's really dark. One of the things, though, that I heard people saying throughout the week was, save your prayers. You know, especially as our politicians begin to drape themselves in their piety, you know, I couldn't help but find myself actually echoing the same thing. Save your prayers. And I was like, dang, I'm a priest. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's heavy, you know. And then I had my friend, uh, the Reverend John Zoll, remind me. He's the rector of St. Matthew's in Bedford. And sometimes even pastors need to be pastored about how important prayer is. And he told his church this week, he said, the secular world is wrong about prayer. And he's absolutely right. Prayer is essential. And prayer makes a difference. Prayer connects us to the wellspring from which flow all of the good things in our lives. Prayer draws us close to the only one who can ultimately change the course of life in this fallen world. And that's what the Ascension Day profoundly reminds us of as we think about prayer. That we have a God who not only hears our prayers, but in Jesus Christ right now at the right hand of God the Father is actually interceding and praying on our behalf as well. God hears our prayers. They're important. And while we may not be able to see and understand all the tragic events of this world and our nation and our lives, and when they're happening to us right now, the ascension teaches us that they are never in vain. But rather, God is working out all things for the good. And that someday all of our prayers will find a yes and an amen at the end of the age. The second area that the ascension actually speaks to is the question of death and what happens when we die. And that becomes a very uh, a poignant question uh, when uh, you are faced with it, as we all have been the last couple of weeks. And the ascension reminds us that death is real. Death is real. We've all seen it this week. Death is real. And, and say that people die. Don't join the platonic anthem of they passed. Say that people died. That's the Christian thing. Because death is real. But the ascension assures us that death is not the final word. That God has had the final word over death. He's had the final word over Buffalo. He's had the final word over Uvalde. And this is a powerful word to those of you, like existentially, who have lost someone close to you untimely or unexpectedly. Death does not have the final say. And if you notice when Jesus ascends, he just doesn't go up to some sort of vague, better place. Rather, Christ ascends somewhere specifically into heaven, the presence, into the presence of God the Father. And the good news is, is that so will we. This new Jerusalem is coming to meet us. We will be in the presence of God the Father. We will reign with Jesus. This is a place, as we read in the book of Revelation, where all wrongs have indeed been made right. 
It's a specific place where Christ reigns and rules over all things. And this is my third point. Because Christ has ascended into heaven and is reigning and ruling right now, your prayers matter. Your prayers are heard. And death does not have the final say. And that you too will be raised from the dead and Christ will come again for you. And believe me, even in your life, all the wrongs will be made right. Let me close with this. In the meantime, what does that mean for us? Well, it means we can stand with the weak. It means because God rejoices in truth, we can speak the truth in love. What it means is in the meantime, we, like those first apostles, are Christ's witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, now even here in New York City. It's not just about me, it's about all of us to the very ends of the earth as we proclaim to a dying world Christ's abiding presence in his word, Christ's abiding presence in the waters of baptism, and Christ's abiding presence with you by the power of his Holy Spirit in bread and wine. So as you come up here and are nourished spiritually, sent out to serve your neighbors, be of good cheer, dear Christian. Because though the days be dark, our God reigns. And in his son Jesus, he's always for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.